Welcome to Making Sense of Parenting. This show is dedicated to helping parents change chaos, confusion, and struggle into calm, clear connections with their kids, all in a way that aligns with their faith. Hey there, I'm your host, Kelly Shoup, helping you navigate the bumpy road of raising kids. Let's dive into today's topic. Are you having trouble making sense of your child's behavior? Well, today we are in part four of talking about the sensory system and how important it is for parents to understand their child's behavior by understanding that sensory system. Today, we are going to talk about the vestibular sense. The vestibular sense is also called movement. It's our movement sense. And this is a sense that the average person knows nothing about. But when you understand it, because every single human being uses this sense, it allows parents to have a better understanding of their child's behavior. So if you have a child who is in constant motion, if you have a child who is called um, the Tasmanian devil, if you have a child who you cannot like really cannot take to a movie or they will not sit for a concert, for church, for a recital, for anything without needing to move, this is a child who is experiencing Um, some difficulties with their vestibular sense. Okay, and this is what we're going to talk about today. Let's dive in. If you have just found me, if you've just landed here, hi, I'm Kelly. I'm so happy you're here. I am a long time, over 20 years, um, pediatric occupational therapist, parent coach. I am a mom of three amazing teachers. And I'm also a certified mindset coach. So I have been working with kids and families and helping parents make their job easier by understanding what a child's behavior is actually communicating. And at the young ages, which is where I focus, it's my love is that preschool age, that three to eight-ish, but I currently have patients from two and a half to 20 that I'm working with. So all kids, and because I have three kids who are teenagers, I'm in this older space also. And so again, been helping parents with their kids and make peace and connection and harmonious family interactions for a very long time. Okay. So that vestibular sense, that is such a big word. And so I want you to remember it, movement, my movement sense. And vestibular, it has to do with our inner ear. So you might have heard of people who have vertigo, who have dizziness. Again, that is an inner ear. It's a movement issue. But usually small children do not experience vertigo or dizziness. We do experience or watch them experience other kind of 
what I like to call a hiccup or a kink in their hose, in their vestibular or movement sense. And as a general rule, children bodies need more vestibular stimulation or input to their um, sensory system than adults do. And so you can see this by babies that need to be rocked or jostled or, um, you know, we kind of walk them around because that is calming to their nervous system. Again, our every human has a sensory system and it plays a part with the nervous system and a person's ability to be calm, a-okay, feel safe, and that all is well inside their body. So this is why I focus on the sensory system and talk about it with parents in regard to their young kids. Because if something is off in that sensory system, then there's an alarm bell going off for that child. And so that child often is going to act out with behaviors not because they are ill-intentioned, not because they want to drive their mom crazy, not because they want to make their dad mad. They're kind of, their body is automatically responding to this alarm bell that's going off inside their body from one of their senses. Today, it's going to be vestibular sense. And so the nerve receptors that are all over our body and pick up on the things that come in to our senses from our environment, those register, I'm not safe, something's wrong. And so this sends a child into distress. And this is when a child will do certain behavior to try to get themselves automatically back to an A-OK point. And so it's incredible how God created humans to be because we automatically will try to do something to make ourselves feel better. So again, if you have that child who is the Tasmanian devil, who really just runs crazy all the time, they are trying to calm their body by getting more movement stimulation into their body. And they're not trying to make you crazy. They're trying to help calm themselves down. So for parents who have a child who is vestibular, has a vestibular hiccup, this is a parent who has probably been alerted that, oh my goodness, your child is such a disruptor. Your child is such a troublemaker. Your child really needs something. I don't know. You need to discipline him. You need to be more firm with him. Like he is out of control or she, it's both girls and boys. And again, we can understand that and know, okay, my kid isn't really out of control. My child has a need in their movement sense to get some input to be more calm. But this is hard to understand because you think, if I'm trying to be calm, I should not move. That would be calm. But this particular sense, and for a child 
who is what we call that sensory seeker, they need more. More of that movement input actually is what makes them feel calm, which can be, again, confusing to a teacher, to a daycare teacher, to a parent, to um, you know a friend. If your child is playing at a friend's house and the mom is like, oh my goodness, I just asked them to sit quietly in front of the TV for 15 minutes and your child could not follow directions, sit still and remain sitting, was just out of control. Okay, I want to talk a little bit more specifically about this vestibular sense, kind of what it is. And then we'll talk more about what that child looks like who has um, a sensitivity in their vestibular sense. And then I want to give you some things that you can do about it if this is your child. Okay, so that vestibular sense actually has to do with, um, again, that inner, inner ear. There's um, several structures in that inner ear that alert the body when there is motion. Okay, so the vestibular system contributes also to our balance and our sense of where the body is in space. It provides input about movement in the body and it works with, so our vestibular system works with our auditory system and also our visual. So our eyes and our hearing is what that motion sense works with in figuring out, giving accurate information to the brain about the direction that the body is moving. So the vestibular sense is super important for the development of balance, for the development of coordination, for eye control, for attention, even some aspects of language development the vestibular sense has a part in. And again, so many people know nothing about it. Okay, so a child who is has a sensitivity in this vestibular or movement sense or who has difficulty processing the information that their movement sense is bringing in from the environment. And remember, the job of our sensory system through all of our senses is to take in information about our environment at every single moment in whatever particular environment we are in. So a child who is not processing that movement or vestibular information correctly will have difficulty with balance, will have difficulty with coordination. They will rely on their visual information mainly to give them feedback about their body. They will have, um, these are the kids that you will see on the playground who might um, not be able to balance on log or go across um, a balance beam in gym class. They really struggle with that balance and it has to do with that movement sense. Okay, a couple weeks ago, we talked about over-responders and under-responders to sensory input. So the under-responder who is called a sensory seeker. So this is the person who 
has an under-responsive nervous system. It does not react to a regular amount and they need more. But the sensory seeker seeks it in a way that is very active, very hyper, very manic, very, I need more, 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 trying to calm themselves. So they're trying to get calm. They're trying to feel a-okay in their body, but they're seeking so much movement. And again, that's so tricky. Like, you want to be calm, just make your body calm. But the thing that makes their body calm is movement. So this is a child who, if you have, you know, a four-year-old at the daycare who has been told to lay on their mat and it's time for a nap, they aren't getting relaxed by saying they're not moving. In fact, they're getting more agitated. What would get them calm possibly to fall asleep on their mat would be allowing them to spin in the corner or allowing them to rock. Or if the daycare has a little mini trampoline that um, a child could jump on for just a few minutes, that movement, that motion is going to calm their nervous system. Okay, so it is really kind of tricky to figure out. And again, I have so many parents, teachers who find me there like, oh, I've got this kid out of control, crazy. And so I can a quick way to figure out what exactly is going on and then how to help this child get calm by doing some type of movement. Okay, other things. Other ways that this child can present or other ways of, that this child looks for a sensory seeker. This is the, the energizer bunny, the one who never runs out of energy, the one who takes excessive risks. This is that child who climbs to the highest point in the tree in your yard and gives you a heart attack as you're watching because you're like, there's no way he can get down and I can't climb up. And if he falls, he's going to die. So stressful. Okay. This is also that child who will climb to the tallest piece of furniture in your house and want to jump off of it. So if you have a risk taker, be on alert that you have a child who is seeking more vestibular input. And I can give you some ways that are safe, that are not gonna cause you to have a heart attack and be super stressed. And I know how scary that is. Um, I have been at the park and seen so many kids that I'm like, oh my goodness, if he does not come down from the top of that slide, I might have to go remove him. And he's not even my kid. I'm so uh, scared for some of these risk takers. Okay, what else could this child look like? They could love to spin around. So this child, if you take them to a playground or a park that has a merry-go-round, they might stay on it and refuse to do anything else. And that just till they wear themselves out, like, like they want to get off, they'll push themselves, they'll make it go super fast. They don't want anybody else on it. They just want that input inside their movement sense. 
This could be a child who is constantly seeking to do something moving. So they always want to go to the park. They always want to play football. They always want to be doing some motion. They're throwing ball when they're sitting on the couch. They are up and pacing and moving when they are doing homework. And again, some of these kids don't even realize that they are, you know, up walking around, pacing back and forth, and they've got a piece of paper in front of them, and they might be memorizing something, but that is what it takes to calm their nervous system. And we know, because we have looked at my pyramid of learning, that the, frame, the foundation and the bottom of that is our central nervous system. So a child automatically do something to calm our nervous system, for our nervous system to be a-okay, the next thing after the nervous system is that sensory system. So if they're walking around moving, they need that movement to make their nervous system feel okay, and then they can learn. That higher learning takes place after the nervous system, after the sensory system. So they're doing something that works. These are the kids that they they could require a standing desk at school and perfectly fine. Or these are the kids that need um, a stool or a special chair that will allow them to move. I've also um, recommended therapy, large therapy balls for kids to sit on when they are at their desk because it allows for that movement. So when they can move that body, and that movement sense need, then they're available for higher learning. So they can hear the teacher and they're learning about the history lesson today. So this is another area, parents, again, where I have spent a lot of time. So I am in schools all the time. I am communicating with teachers, with administrators about what does this child need? to provide for their best, calm, A-okay system. So again, I, I helped a little boy this week. What do we need to do for him to get him some input into his movement sense so he can participate in the morning routine of his class? And so for him, it was, we're going to allow him to sit, well, actually stand in the corner and spin. And spinning is a very quick way to get effective vestibular or movement input into somebody. So if I'm helping teachers figure out how to help a child, I will say, okay, let's let him, you know, come to a corner of the room or possibly right outside in the hall and spin around really quickly for a minute or two to get his nervous system back to an A-OK point so he can participate in class. Okay, and another type of somebody who is movement sensitive is somebody like me who is an over-responder. So just a little bit of movement is alarming and taxing to my nervous system. This is the child 
who gets motion sickness, gets car sick. This is somebody who, if you have a child like this, they might be sitting um, in that second row in your suburban with three kids across, and they don't like sitting in the middle because they experience that movement of the um, other children on either side of them, and it's alarming to them. It's distressing to them. This can be me. I have been in a booth with kids on both sides of me, busy moving up and down for toddlers. It's made me almost want to throw up. So if you have a child who is telling you, you know, too much, too much in the back seat of your car and there's a, another child on either side, they're not trying to be dramatic. They're not trying to be difficult. They're not trying to make mom's life harder. They are trying to tell you a need. They are communicating something because there's an alarm bell going off inside their body that says, not safe, something's wrong, help, uh-oh, something's wrong, okay? So I just want you to be aware because this movement sense comes up a lot with undesirable behaviors with parents. They're like, ah. Oh, this happened on our trip, or this is happening in school. And again, this is not a bad child. This is not a child who is intentionally acting out. They are almost automatically, based on the way God created humans, automatically trying to do something or not do something to help get to that calm, a okay point. I've covered pretty much what exactly this child can look like. If you have a child who is rocking back and forth, that is a child who is trying to effectively and efficiently calm their nervous system. And so I know a lot of parents will say, oh, sit still, I cannot stand it. So if you're going to ask a child to sit still and really um, not move at all, you should probably expect that this might be a child that is going to be extra fidgety in about five minutes because they're trying to do right now to keep their nervous system calm and it might look like movement. It might look like rocking. Okay, I have a couple of my kids I feel like are movement sensitive. So when we are in church and we are standing, they're kind of rocking or moving. And again, adults, every human is doing what they need to do or not do to meet the need of their nervous system and their sensory system at any time. And every human has one or two of our senses that are a little bit more sensitive. And in that sensitivity, they could be an over-responder or an under-responder to that particular sense. So calming forms of vestibular input look like unilateral rhythmic motion. So one of my kids kind of move forward and backward in church. This is kind of a rhythmic motion. They are calming their nervous system. 
So if I ask them to stop moving, does that help them or hinder them? It really doesn't help them. Might be bothering me, especially because I'm movement um, sensitive, but it's really what they need to do. And so again, parents, when you understand this, you can show up differently and you are more compassionate towards your children and you will allow to do the things that they need to do to calm their nervous system. Now, if we're in a particular environment where moving back and forth really is not okay, then I can help you figure out other things that will allow for your child to meet that movement sense that they need, that need for movement input in a way that would work in this particular situation. Okay, alerting forms of vestibular input. So let's say that you have unresponder, so nervous system needs more vestibular input, but your child is not a sensory seeker. Your child is kind of that bump on the log. They look kind of sluggish. They This is the child who gets called lazy, not engaging, unmotivated. So this is a child who could have an under-responsive nervous system in regard to their movement sense. And what does that child need to get their nervous system to an A-OK point? They need some type of movement, but what type? Okay, this is a child who needs multi-directional, fast, unpredictable movement. So a lot of times I will have a child, I'll say, just go run around crazy or go touch every single um, rock. If, if I'm at a park with a bunch of big rocks around, I'll say, run as fast as you can and touch every single big rock and then come back. Okay, because they need input to be, to be calm and available for listening and learning and engaging but they need, because their nervous system under-responds, they need it in a more fast, kind of out-of-control way. Okay? One thing that I wanted to talk about, okay, we've talked about things that you can do to help a child. So in, in school, in class, we can have them have a standing desk. They can use a therapy ball. They can use one of those stools that rocks and moves. If you have a sensory seeker at home, you're going to allow them to spin, to rock, anything calm, unilateral, that means one direction, rhythmic, should calm the nervous system of that sensory seeking movement sense child. Okay, one last thing I want to tell you about that I absolutely love and parents me this all the time, trampolines. What about a trampoline in the backyard? I love them. I had, well, we lost ours in the tornado three years ago, but all of my kids, we were way too big and we jumped on that thing all the time. So a large backyard trampoline, I recommend for every family if you have young kids because it gives really good movement input to usually 
just the right amount for any child, for any person, whatever type they need. If they're an over-responder, it helps their um, nervous system. If they're an under-under-sensory, it helps. If they're an under-responder, just um, under-responder, it also helps. The reason it helps is because it's full body. It's your whole body that's moving and in big ways. And so I absolutely love a big backyard trampoline. The trampolines can be good. And a lot of times I recommend those for schools because they take up less space. And for a child who needs that movement input to help them, this is a good way. This is a good thing to have. Okay. So Movement sense, super important. I want parents to everything about it. I have all kinds of other ways to help you, to support you, to support you at school in regard to the issues that are coming up with your child. Again, this is what I do. So I want to make parents' job easier. I want to give you information and strategies and tools so you are armed to set your child up for the best success they can have and also so you can set yourself up for the best success. So for me, since I am movement, I'm that over responder. So I need just the littlest bit of movement and I'm like, ooh, tacked, I'm tired, right? So I want to know that about myself so I can think through what's going on in my day. Okay, we're going to go here. I'm going to do this with my kids. Ooh, but this is a point that could trip me up. So parents, when we know our own sensitivities and our own senses, and also our child's, we can show up in a really calm, a-okay place in our nervous system, and then our help, help our children do the same thing. So if you head over to my website at www.kellykmiddleinitialkshoop.com, you can find a free sensory quiz. This is a way for you to assess your own sensory system and then also answer a few questions about your child's just to get some insight like, oh, okay, this child is hearing sensitive. Or, ooh, I am movement sensitive. Or, oh, this other child of mine is totally movement sense. No wonder I've been hearing all these things about from their teacher about bad behavior with this child. Again, this isn't a bad child. And why I'm so passionate about parents understanding their kids' sensory systems and what each of these senses looks like is because it breaks my heart to see kids who are labeled as bad kids, not bad kids. God has created them to automatically do something to calm their nervous system. But sadly for them, God chose the sense of movement, or last week we talked about proprioceptive sense. And those two senses often look like bad behavior, craziness, Hanging into classmates. And again, when we understand it, we can understand, no, I don't have a bad child at all. So 
I don't want that negative label on your child. I don't want your child to internalize that negativity. So here is, again, what I am so passionate about is I want kids to know themselves well and not to carry around and internalize. I'm the bad kid. I'm the bad. I'm the bad one. Of all the siblings, I'm the one who always gets in trouble. I always do. I can't sit still. I'm always dad off to pull me out of church. I'm always the bad one. No, they're just, again, trying to calm their nervous system in a way that might be inappropriate in church. And so when we can help dad understand, okay, this is what your child needs in church to calm their nervous system, then that can change everything. Changes how dad shows up this child. It helps the child not get this internal self-talk of I'm the bad one. I'm the negative one. Okay. So I am constantly working with families and kids and um, parents ask me often, okay, well, where do we find you? Where do you find me? Where do you work? So I work with parents a lot. I work with parents over Zoom. I work with parents in person. I am in schools every week experiencing what's going on in classrooms, talking to teachers, helping them um, strategize, let, um, problem solve. What does this child need? How can I help you with a few of your students who are presenting like this? Um, so this is what I do all the time. And I am an, on a mission to make parenting easier for you, for you to have peace and harmony and amazing connections with your kids that will last um, throughout your lifetimes. And it's easier than you think. And you do not have to struggle. And I know with this vestibular sense, it can be a struggle. Because that out-of-control movement behavior can be very challenging. But again, it does not have to be, I'm right here, I can help. I have a monthly membership where we do a group coaching call every week where I help parents. Also has a lot of resources for parents in regard to things you can do from my occupational therapy brain and background so many great resources, parents, that are um, so helpful to you in every aspect of parenting. I also have a one-on-one -on -one 911 call. Parents use this all the time. It, they need to work with me because something is going down that they are like, I got to fix this today or my kid's going to get kicked out of school tomorrow. So perfectly fine. I deal with these types of parents all the time also. That's that one-on-one -on -one call with me. The other way parents can work with me is for two and a half, three months, where we're going to do a one-on-one -on -one call each week. I am going to walk with you step by step in making changes to have the frustrations and power struggles and tantrums and meltdowns and all the challenging behaviors that you have with your child we are going to work to get those to kind of dissolve and disappear. And again, because I am trained, again, college educated in the steps, in the skills. And so I understand the sensory system in a human person, but I also understand 
the balance system and the muscle system and the fine motor system and all the steps that it takes for kids to hold their pencil correctly or to sit up straight at their desk or their executive functioning. I'm also trained in that brain and that mental, um, mental system also. And so all of those things are available to you. And so when parents work with me again for those three months, they are just inundated with so many ways to set their kids up for success. In fact, I just talked to a mom. She has four kids who are very young and she realizes that this three month week to week with me is the best way to really parent and operate and know the skills and how to set her kids up for success in this 20-year journey. Because it is, it's a 20-year journey of helping our kids learn and grow and develop and get to the purpose that God has for them. I would love to help you. Did you like what you heard in this episode? If you did, please share it with a friend and be sure and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app. Reviews are always appreciated. As a reminder, my show is also on YouTube. In YouTube, search for Kelly K. Shoup. That's K-E-L-L-Y-K-S-H-O-U-P. Be sure to click the subscribe button and hit the bell for all notifications. To learn more about my work, helping families, or to contact me, go to kellykshoop.com. Again, that's kellykshoop.com. Thanks so much.